You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. All right, let's do this. So glad to be here. So glad to be with you. So thankful for your love for Lord Jesus Christ. So thankful to see so many. So thankful for those who are outside right now. So thankful for those that are watching online. So thankful to our teaching team over these past several weeks. What a blessing that is. What a grace that is upon our church. How rare that is to have such a level of giftedness and to be so supported in that way. It is truly awesome to watch. And I'm so thankful for God's Word. Hey church, where would we be without the Lord and His Word? And once again today, He meets us where we are. I mean, a text written 3,000 years ago, and just as relevant now as it was then, just awesome. Only the Bible can do that, written by the Holy Spirit. So on that note, please open your Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, if you haven't already, I'm just going to be going through this verse by verse today um, as usual. And our sermon series title in Psalm 37 comes right from verse 28, taken directly from verse 28. And here it is, the Lord loves justice. The Lord loves justice and will not forsake his saints. The Lord loves justice, and he will not forsake his saints. This psalm serves as a great encouragement to God's people in the midst of challenging times. And that is my prayer for us all right now. The Lord would grant us great encouragement in the midst of very challenging times. As we start to crack open Psalm 37, a couple of major themes I want you to be aware of. Psalm 37 was written to the people of God who were frustrated and tempted with anger over the seeming prosperity of the wicked around them. They were frustrated and tempted with sinful anger at the seeming prosperity of the evil and the wickedness around them. That's one of the first major themes of the psalm. The second major theme of the psalm and his response to the first, and then the second thing we see through the psalm mainly is this, God's people then must not envy the wicked, they must put their trust in Yahweh and find their refuge in Him. As David who wrote this psalm really comes down to it, when difficulty is upon us, dependence must be seen within us. Difficulty, again, necessitates dependence, always dependence, especially within difficulty. So the psalm then becomes a call for endurance. It becomes a call for patience. That's a big word right now. We're going to see this in our text again today. A call for patience. A call to not take things into your own hands. A call to trust in the Lord, his timing, his will, his way. It's a call for, again, deep personal encouragement, supernatural encouragement. It's a call for hope. So Lord willing, we'll be in Psalm 37 for the next three weeks. And again, I am praying you will be deeply encouraged by it. Why? Because many are weary. Many are confused. Many feel threatened. Many are fighting for encouragement. In some ways, I want you to know I would be in every category that I just mentioned. But listen, the Lord loves justice. The Lord loves justice. And he will not forsake his saints. 
Lord, use this time, use this time, I pray. So Bible's open to Psalm 37. Here's our passage to start a series. I want to read it for us. Man, this is such a great psalm to embed in your devotional time. Such a great psalm to memorize either all of it or portions of it. Psalm 37, verse 1. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, exclamation mark. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord, rather, rather. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. So good, isn't it? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. I love verse 6 so much. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still then. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently before the Lord. Fret not yourself. There it is again. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. There it is again. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. And in just a little while, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. Amazing. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. So first message in this series, in this weekend, the sermon title is this, Fret Not. Love that, Fred Not. I think that the first time in our church's history we had a sermon title called Fret Not. Hopefully not the last now. This phrase occurs three times in the passage we just read. Without a doubt, it is the thrust of our text. The phrase that is specifically said is fret not yourself. Interesting, eh? Fret not yourself. What an interesting phrase. Fret not yourself. Now, I think I know you well enough. You're, you're, you're wanting to say that right now. So you can turn to someone beside you. You can say that. Fret not yourself. Go ahead. I'll let you start practicing. Fret not yourself. You probably never said that before. It's kind of odd, eh? Kind of good. What's up, Jamie Cameron over there? I see you. Nice to see you, man. Glad you're here. Fret not yourself. Fret not yourself. Again, an interesting phrase. And we think of the word fret, we mostly think don't worry. Don't worry. But in the Hebrew, it's much more than that. In the Hebrew, really, what it literally means is don't be angry. Don't give in to rage. Don't be sinfully angry. Um, Don't get too hot under the collar. Don't ignite and be inflamed with kind of uh, an angry passion, sinfully speaking. David pleading with the people of God. They're seeing the evil all around them prospering. And his main word in this first section and a theme throughout the psalm is fret not yourself. Don't give in to the anger and the hate that is surrounding you right now. Instead, trust the Lord. Now, we think of that phrase, fret not, and fret not yourself. And we come to our outline, and you might ask, well, why should I not fret, Robbie? There's so much to fret about. I mean, we are living in a fret fest, right? I mean, there's just fretfulness all over the place. Everywhere you look, everything you see, everything you read, there's so much reason to fret. Well, let's see what the Lord says to that, because the Lord says, without a doubt today, he says, church, he says, hope church, fret not yourself. Again, we ask, okay, Lord, but why? That's our outline, number one. Here's the first reason we are to fret not. It's this. 
Because the wicked will soon fade. That's why. Because the wicked will soon fade. Verse 1. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. By the way, this is considered a wisdom psalm. If you look at verse 25, you will notice some context. This is David in verse 25. And in verse 25, David says again, I have been young and now am old. And I have not seen the righteous forsaken. David in his later years... He is coming from a position of maturity, and he wants to hand down wisdom. This is not David's first rodeo, okay? He's been around the block a few times. He's seen some things. He has some, again, some wisdom he is deeply desiring to pass down. And the first thing he says is this, the wicked will soon fade. Fret not. The wicked will soon fade. Fascinating to me. First thing he says, led by the Holy Spirit. So the statement here becomes... Hey, people of God, why would you be envious of those who are soon to fade like grass? Why would you be envious of those that are here today and gone tomorrow? Why would you be envious of those who in just a little while are subject to being cut off by the Lord himself? That's a great question. But we do fret in our day, don't we? We do fret. A lot. We're tempted to fret all the time. We see evil prospering. We see the wicked seemingly winning. We see wrongdoers seemingly thriving. And if we're honest, at times we're tempted to envy those who are living without a conscience. Why can't I live without a conscience in that way? Man, life seems easier over there. I'm actually tempted to envy those people who seem to have no sense of right and wrong or do whatever they want or are not under the, the weight that I feel in terms of trying to obey God and all that kind of stuff. Oh, if I could just live a life without rules. No, I watch people cheat. The people I have, they cheat and they get ahead. I can't do that. I watch others walk away from their marriages and they, they seem fine. I watch co-workers cheat and lie to get the promotion that I think has been entitled to me or someone else. I watch so many live a life of riches and opulence and greed and sinful acquisition of things, and here I am. I watch so many just swim along with culture, just go along with the flow, and they're the ones that are accepted. They're the ones that are affirmed. They're the ones that are endorsed. And here am I. See, all these things can lead to the envy of the wicked. All these things can tempt us with looking across and saying, oh, if only I or I wish I could be or you're longing again for the reality of the wickedness. And David's like, no, 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 no. Do not envy the wicked. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us perfectly right now in this moment. And he says, wait, time out, not so fast. The Holy Spirit so powerfully says to us today, he says, listen, you might look across the fence and you might be tempted to envy the wicked, but a time is coming very soon. You will not envy them at all. In fact, you will be filled with tremendous pity, if not horror. See, it's one thing, Luke chapter 16, to envy the rich man with his sumptuous feast in the here and now. And it's another thing to be tempted to despise Lazarus as dogs lick his sores, Luke 16. 
It's one thing to be tempted to envy the rich man and his sumptuous feasts. He's got it all. Seems like he's living the life, man. He's surrounded by all this blessing and all this abundance. And there's Lazarus, dogs licking his sores, the Bible says. But all of a sudden, death happens, and death is the great leveler. Death happens, and all of a sudden, the Bible tells us the rich man, no longer sumptuous feast, he's in anguish in hell longing for one drop of water to cool his tongue in the intensity and the heat and the flame and the anguish of the moment. And then there's Lazarus, went from dog licking his sores to Lazarus in the presence of the Lord again by Abraham's side. Which would you want now? David's like, man, you be very careful what you're tempted to envy because in the end, one is here today and gone tomorrow but one who trusts in the Lord and loves the Lord and serves the Lord and believes in the Lord. They are the ones that last forever. I'm telling you, discipline yourself, church. Listen, say to yourself, fret not, fret not. You're tempted by the flashy car, fret not. You see the corrupt politician advancing, fret not. You see the massive platform of deceived celebrities. Massive platforms. Fret not, fret not. Because after all, you would not envy. You could see the, the fanciest, most powerful, beautiful boat filled with the prettiest people on earth. And yet if you know that their boat is headed just now over Niagara Falls, you don't envy them, do you? You don't envy them. You pity them. Because you know their reality. That's what David is saying to us today. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Fret not. Fret not yourself. Don't be angry. Don't, don't, don't be sinfully angry and hot under the collar of the wicked around us when we know in reality where it's headed. Be smarter than that. Fill your life with wisdom. Fret not. And in fact, throughout this series, and so what I will often do is I am tempted in this life and tempted to envy, again, wicked things or tempted to envy situations around me. I've disciplined myself over the years to say things out loud as I have a thought or I see something and I tell myself out loud, Robbie, it doesn't last. Or it doesn't matter. Literally out loud to myself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't last. It's so helpful to preach the truth in the midst of the lie coming in and now I have another weapon in my arsenal. Fret not yourself, Simons. Fret not. Do not get sinfully angry. Fret not. It doesn't matter. It won't last. It's so powerful. I strongly encourage you, say it out loud. People around you are like, what's up with that guy? Who cares? Right? Who cares? That's not the point. The point is speaking truth in the midst of the darkness. And able to tell yourself and remind yourself and give glory to the Lord right then and there. Lord, you are the reason I live and you are the person I live for. This is what the Holy Spirit's saying here in the first two verses. Why should I fret not? Because the wicked will soon fade and you do not want any part of that. Here's the positive side of that. Point number two, why should I fret not? Because the faithful will be blessed. Guaranteed, the faithful will be blessed now, yes, but ultimately again in the time to come. Look at verse three. Trust in the Lord. See now the difference? Don't do this, now do this. Don't envy, but rather trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Love that. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. So notice the antidote to fretfulness is faith. 
Faith is the antidote to fretfulness. Why? Because fear grows in the absence of faith. That's an important line. Let's put that up on the screen for you. I want you to see that again. Fear grows in the absence of faith. Think of how much that applies in the last 18 months. When I forget the sovereignty of God, when I fail to trust in the Lord, when faith is gone, fear fills its place. So that's why David, the Holy Spirit, says, don't envy, trust. Don't be consumed with the evil, trust. Notice, dwell in the land, befriend faithfulness. These are the habits of the faithful. In my Bible, beside the word befriend, there's a footnote. And in mine it says, or feed on faithfulness. Man, I love that so much. Okay, so here's the deal. For those of us alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord has given us himself. This is the land, so to speak, we dwell in. David then is like, do not look over the fence and envy the wicked. You feed on that which God has given to you. God has entrusted you with the land. Again, mainly himself. Feed on, befriend, get close to, feed on faithfulness in the Lord. Don't worry about that. Worry about where you are before the Lord. How does that apply to your situation right now? God says to you, 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 my child, you feed on what I've entrusted to you, mainly God himself. Is God not enough? Of course he is. Feed on faithfulness in the things of the Lord. Why? Because that's, of course, where true blessing is found. So many of us looking over the fence into the other yard, looking over and seeking to envy wicked, looking over and being tempted by darkness, and the whole time we're like, really? Why would I do that? Why would I envy death if I've been granted life? That's a fair question, too. This is what the Holy Spirit's asking us today. Why are you so preoccupied with death if God has granted you life? I think it's a very good question to ask. That seems very silly. In fact, that, that seems very stupid. Why would I envy death when I have eternal life? Why would I envy evil when I have the Lord? Trust in the Lord. Feed on the Lord. Notice, and then delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The key to verse 4, if you look at verse 4, the key to verse 4 this is what a, a big mistake a lot of believers make. They see verse 4, and they start with the desires of my heart. Right? So verse 4, the mistake is, okay, Lord, I'll delight in you if you give me what my heart desires. And you're like, oh, that's just bad theology right there. I mean, you just flip that verse around, which many people do out of context. No, no, no. The key is delight yourself in the Lord, and then your heart is aligned with the Lord, and then your heart starts to desire the things of the Lord. You delight yourself in the Lord, you are aligned with the Lord, and you start to long for the joy of the Lord, and the love of the Lord, and the peace of the Lord, and these are the things that are the will of the Lord, which God loves to bless his children with. Trust in the Lord, feed on the Lord, delight in the Lord, your heart becomes aligned in the Lord, and then you start to, again, you start to desire the things of the Lord which he so lovingly desires to give. So if we summarize so far, verses 1 through 4, notice in verse 1, 
Fret not yourself with the wicked. Contrast that with verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. Again, what a word for us. I want you to think about that. Fret not yourself with the wicked. Rather, delight yourself in the Lord. Why is that such an important word for us right now? Because think of how many have fretted over the issues of our day. Think of how many people have had so much fretfulness over evil in our day or politics in our day or the issues of our day and all the videos of our day and all the news of our day. So many people have been so filled with fretfulness over the negativity in our day that they have been uh, led away from the things of the Lord. Their hearts have wandered and now they have failed to delight themselves in the Lord. See what's happening here, David says, if you keep fretting over the evil, you will fail to delight in the Lord. If you fail to delight in the Lord, your heart wanders and you will no longer sense and feel and be a part again of the joy that God wants to give you. David, in his wisdom, he says to God's people, if you solely fret on that which is bad, then you will ultimately miss the source of all good. And again, this is just amazing to me, Psalm 37, God's word right now, speaking to us in this way, in this time, again, so many thousands of years ago. Really, it's this. Here's the temptation. Refuse to allow distraction to ruin your devotion. Let's put that on the screen for us too, just so we can see that. And this is the summary of trust in the Lord, delight yourself. Refuse to allow distraction to ruin your devotion. And let's just take a time out right now. Can you see in your life, with all the different influences that surround us and all the massive amounts of information and perspectives and issues and disagreements and perspectives and anger and hate and whatever it is and all the division, can you see how the distraction has taken you away from devotion? I can. Can you see how this is the day? If, if we lose our delight in the Lord, then we've just lost everything that's central to our purpose and our joy and our passion. Rather, loved ones, feed on faithfulness. Feed on the land the Lord has given to you. That's the starting point. Whatever happens, do not lose the focus of delighting, trusting in the Lord. That's where we start, and then everything goes from there. So let's get practical right here. Just wrote some things down this week. What does this look like so far within our text? Here's some things. How about less worldly news and more good news? What's happened to many, many people, they're so consumed with the news of the world because there's so much of it and all that's happening. They are so consumed with this, they have lost the best news ever, the gospel, the good news. They have forgotten to meditate on the good news because they're so distracted by the news of the world. Even when this can be elements of, it's not bad, but if all you're doing is focusing on this and you're fretting over this, then you lose the sake of the gospel and then you lose the will of God. I'm a big advocate of less social media. I mean, right now, right now, social media compared to Christian community, you think of the last several, several months and how much this has taken precedent, what I believe, to the enemy's absolute delight. And then this has been forsaken, the lack of Christian community. Now's the time, now's the time. Now's the time to regather. Now's the time to refocus. Now's the time to double down on what matters most, the simplicity, the beauty, the love, the fellowship, the joy, the being together, the one another's embracing and seeing the Lord work in our lives. Um, less feeding on food, literally. Less physical food. 
And in our text, more feeding, more, more befriending faithfulness. It would be so amazing to be able to say, less, less food in my life to be replaced with a, a devotion and a pursuit of the Lord. Less entertainment, more church engagement. Less anger, more adoration. See, this is a huge part of our text right here. Fret not, because if you keep fretting on the evil, you lose your delight in the Lord. You lose, again, the adoration starts to dwindle in your life. For many, many people, the anger has grown and the adoration has shrunk. One of the big hearts of Psalm 37, more adoration, less anger. Obviously, no sinful anger, adoration for Christ. Delight yourself in the Lord. Stop fretting over the evil around you because this is killing this. Less talking. So much talking, isn't there? So much talking. Blah, 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 blah. Talk, 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 talk. So many people talking incessantly. Again, more prayer. Had add this. Prayer meeting this week. Yay. Smiley face. Let's go. Love it. Love it, right? Prayer meeting this week. We have to do this. It's so key. Less of this. If we're going to talk, let's talk in prayer. Prayer meeting this week, again, Wednesday, 7 p.m., and ultimately, too, all this adds up to this as well. Less fear, because this, 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 this leads to this. this. All leads to this. All of this leads to this. Less fear, more faith. All of this leads to this. More faith. Less fear, more faith. Fret not. Fret not. Because the faithful, the faithful will be blessed. Takes us to point number three. Why should we fret not? Love this. Because the justice of the Lord will soon shine. The justice of the Lord is coming. Look at verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noon day. Underline, circle, highlight, mark up, do something to make sure those verses pop right there. There's so much talk of justice in our day. And yet ultimately, remember this. Those of us saved in Jesus Christ, there is one justice to be, to be delivered by one judge. I love that. At the end of the day, there is one judge who's going to deliver once and for all, all justice. That's such a massive comfort for me, and I pray a massive comfort for you. This is why we fret not. God's justice is about to shine. And notice the text says, and your justice, personally, your justice will shine as the noonday. How bright is the sun at noonday? I mean, you cannot stare at the sun. It literally starts to blind your eyes. And the brightness of that, the, 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 the brightness of the sun at noonday, that's how the justice of the Lord will shine upon us in the day to come. It's encouraging. I think of how many of us, Lord, right now feel the suffering of injustice in different forms. For some of us here right now, listening right now, suffering injustice from childhood, in our marriages, workplace, society, history. For many of you right now, your righteousness has been called evil. Your path has been cheated in some form. Your heart, your heart maybe has been pierced by wickedness or evil. Oh, but in the end, there's one justice that ultimately matters. And this is, this is the hope we ultimately hold. Again, drink in the encouragement from verses 5 to 7. Notice, I just love these phrases. Commit your way, trust in Him, and He will act. He will bring forth your justice as the noonday. 
the day is coming soon when the perfect, pure, and powerful justice of the Lord is going to be seen. It's going to shine so bright. See what the Bible's doing again, church? I want to make sure you see this. You're trying to grow as a disciple in Jesus Christ. Again and again, Old Testament, New Testament. The Bible is ultimately telling us, the Lord is ultimately telling us, he's telling us this, it's not about now, it's ultimately about then. We want to live so much for now. All justice now. Now, now, now. Justice, my rights, now, now, now. The Bible says a different message. No, 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 we suffer now. There will be injustice, but the judge is coming. And when he appears, all wrongs made right, justice will be served. That is a massive theme, again, in the Bible for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about now. It's ultimately about then, about the time to come. No wonder then, verse 7, look at verse 7. Be still and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself. Be still, church. Who's this for? Wait patiently for him. One more time. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Why? He's got you. He's got you. He's for you, and he's got you. What are we learning? Evil may have its day, but true righteousness will have its eternity. That's worth repeating on the screen for you. Evil may have its day, and it is, but true righteousness in Jesus Christ will have its eternity. Which one do you want to be a part of? I mean, this is what's happening in this text. Which one do you want to be a part of? So that might mean there's a time to protest, but not before prayer. Be still before the Lord, wait patiently. There might be a time for speaking, but not before praying. There might be a time for action, but not before stillness. I think one of the great pieces of wisdom, Psalm 37, David saying, do not force your own will upon situations. That's when trouble starts. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Trust in him. Seek to hear his voice and allow him to lead us again on the path before us. And especially though when it comes down to areas of of ultimate justice and vengeance. Romans 12, 19 says it super well from a New Testament verse. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Notice that. Not sometimes. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Why? For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. It's pretty clear, eh? Those who are loveless and never avenge yourselves. I'm the God of justice. And when I come, your justice will shine like the noonday. You don't need to fret. You don't have to give into sinful anger. You don't have to get all filled with rage and so hot under the collar. He's like, I see, I know, I've got it. Are you willing to wait? What seems like so long in the end will be nothing. Be still, deep spiritual breath. Wait patiently for the Lord. Fret not yourself. 
do not let your frustration turn to sinful anger and start to hurt you in the process. And that's why, again, in verse 7, fret not yourself over evil. God says, I see it. I know it. I'm going to deal with it. Takes us to point number four. Why should we fret not? Because the promised land is coming. Can somebody say amen? Because the promised land is coming. Look at verse 8. So notice here, refrain from anger, forsake wrath. Don't give in to rage. Fret not yourself, attends only to evil. For the evildoer shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land in just a little while. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. This is amazing. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. You can't find him. You won't see him. But notice the meek, contrasting the wicked. The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. For the third time in 11 verses, we see the command, fret not yourself. Don't give in to sinful anger. Stay far from rage. Do you see why it says now in this case? Stay away from sinful anger. Don't give in to rage because as you start to fret, you, you have just become that which you have detested. You just became the thing which you detested. Because notice here in the verses, notice it says here in verse 8, fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. You see that? As we are filled with sinful anger, as we allow our hearts to be consumed with hate and all the division around us, we actually, without knowing it, we start to do evil ourselves because we have filled our lives, our minds, our hearts with such negativity and sinful thoughts and sinful behavior. It tends only to evil. So that's why hugely important in our day. What are you listening to? What are you reading? Who are you following? If I saw your podcast list right now, would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Your social media feed, who are you following? Who are you tracking with? You can only take so much, man, so much of what's out there. It's just polluted with garbage. It's polluted with hate. It's polluted with negativity. It's polluted with anti-Christ, anti-Bible sentiments. Again, what are your news outlets? How much are you feeding on these things? What I am for sure positive of, there are so many believers in the last 18 months, they have replaced this with news outlets. They have spent so much more time fretting over the evil and the division and the issues and the news of our day that they've lost their delight in the Lord. Their hearts have wandered. Their love has grown cold. Lukewarm has set it in. They have drifted away from God himself because they have chose to fret over faith. Right now, the Holy Spirit's like, is that you? And in fact, what the Holy Spirit actually does, he goes, that's you. That's me. What are we? Because like, there's never been more information. There's never been more division. There's never been more politics. There's never been more consumption. There's never been more confusion. There's never been more consumption. Again, all these different things, and that's exactly as Satan would love it. And he's killing people in the process to his utter delight and horror and deception and death. That's why the Holy Spirit says here, 
and to us today. Fret not yourself. It only tends to evil. Delight in the Lord. Love the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Because as it says here in our text, right? It says in verse 9, the evildoer shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord, those who wait for the Lord, they shall inherit the land. Now, see that phrase, inherit the land? You might want to circle that, underline that. That occurs five times in this psalm. It's one of the other themes we see. Inherit the land. What's so interesting about this, when the Hebrew reader saw the phrase inherit the land, like they would immediately think of the promised land. The promised land, God's people are delivered from Egypt in, in the Exodus. And the promised land promised to Moses, given ultimately through Joshua. Like this is the land they would think of. But of course, this is David writing who is well after the literal given promised land. So what's the land he's talking about then that he mentions five times in this one text alone? It's the promised land to come. Ultimately revealed at the return of Christ. This is the land to be given and inherited to all those who have trusted in Jesus as Savior. If you follow David through this text, notice verse 3, trust in the Lord. For those who trust in the Lord, verse 4. Those who delight in the Lord, verse 5. Those who commit to the Lord, verse 7. Those who are still before the Lord. And then our verse right here, those who wait for the Lord, they shall inherit the land. It's you, the Bible, saying to us again, this world is not our home. This world is not our home. It's not about now as opposed to about then, about the time to come. The text is so clear. The wicked will be no more. In just a little while, church, in just a little while, not my words, this is the words of the Bible, in just a little while the wicked will be no more. Their voices from social media and their presence erased forever. Gone forever. It's gone forever. Their platforms disintegrated. The lies will stop forever. In fact, the text says, you can see that right there in verse 10. You will look for them carefully. You will search for them diligently. You will not find them. They are gone. Right there, verse 11. See that? Or verse 10. You will try to search for them. You will not be able to find them. Their places, their homes, they're gone from forever. What a warning. Fret not, fret not, fret not, fret not. The promised land is coming, but only those who are in Jesus Christ will inherit this. And what's so awesome about verse 11 is this is the third beatitude quoted by Jesus in Matthew 25. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus gets that directly from our psalm right here, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Fret not over the wicked. Fret not over the proud. Fret not over those who are filled with pomp and all the things of the day. Fret not over them. Rather, the meek, the evil will be cut off, but the meek, the gentle, those who are long-suffering, those who wait for the Lord, those who have conviction without chaos or conviction under control. Those are the ones in faith in Jesus Christ who will inherit the earth and the ultimate promised land at the coming of Jesus Christ. Again, could the Bible be any more clear? The wicked cut off, the righteous in Jesus Christ by his righteousness inherit the promised land forever. If you are here today 
and you are not yet saved in Jesus Christ, can I ask you a question? What are you waiting for? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, the future's so clear. Evil, bad, death forever. Jesus Christ, by faith in him, forgiveness of sins, promised land, eternal life, righteousness from Christ forever. Again, eternal death, eternal life. What are you waiting for? Jesus Christ is eternal life. To reject him, eternal death. To be cut off, to be gone, to be removed, to be forgotten, or to be remembered and written in your name in the Lamb's book of life forever because of your faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did to die for your sins on the cross and be raised from the dead again with that empty tomb and his resurrection. What are you waiting for? I mean, here, someone here today, again, outside listening, right here, right now, today's the day of your salvation, I pray. Run to Jesus Christ, believe in him, then you will know that you are part of those who will also inherit the land as the meekness of Jesus Christ is seen in your life by faith in him for the forgiveness of sins. In just a little while, church, in just a little while, it seems like a long time, doesn't it? I know. But in just a little while, man, just going to be bam. Listen, the Son of God is coming. In just a little while, justice is coming. In just a little while, judgment is coming. In just a little while. Why? Because the Lord loves justice. The Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. Some of you are weary today. In just a little while. Some of you are discouraged and burdened. In just a little while. Some of you are tearful. And groaning. In just a little while. Some of you are facing serious opposition And again, feeling very weak in just a little while. In just a little while. The last verse of the beautiful hymn, How Great Thou Art, it says this, When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Isn't that so true? In just a little while, this is going to happen. When Christ shall come, then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. It was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. It is so true, Lord. Everything you said has come to pass. Your promises are so true. What a beautiful verse this is. In fact, you guys want to sing it, don't you? Okay, but listen, if we sing this, okay, you don't leave me hanging up here, all right? Because the worst thing ever is that when this goes through the speaker and different people, all they hear is my voice, and that's torture for them, okay? So I need you to sing loud enough that we can let the people hear that as well, and we can just, with such reverence and beauty here right now, we can sing this in response to even what we heard here today. Ready? Let's sing this together. Ready? When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home what joy my heart amen then i shall bow in humble adoration and proclaim my god how great and let's sing the chorus then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, yes, Lord, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior 
That's awesome. It's so beautiful. Lord, hear our hearts, and I pray you receive our praise to you. This is why we live. So just by way of recap today, just why, why should we fret not? I pray that phrase will be said often this week. Why? Because the wicked will soon fade, because the faithful will now and the future be blessed, because the justice of the Lord is coming. It's coming, and because the promised land, the promised land is just upon us. Oh, Lord, help us to believe this. Help us to fret less. Help us to believe and have faith more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, I pray that will be so true upon your church, upon Hope Church, upon the people, men, women, and children, Lord. You have used David in the psalm, Lord, to just look at the people and say, listen, stop being sinfully angry and filled with rage and frustration, leading you to fall away or to lose your delight in the Lord, but instead, delight yourself in the Lord, and then your hearts align with him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So simple, but not easy, but powerful and beautiful. Lead us now. Lead us now, I pray, oh God, in this time, in this series, as a church, that you will use it. You will use it. We pray now, together, in Jesus' name, amen.